We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. This podcast episode is brought to you by Coors Light. These days, everything is go, go, go. It's nonstop hustle all the time. Work, friends, family expect you to be on 24-7. Well, sometimes you just need to reach for a Coors Light because it's made to chill. Coors Light is cold lagered, cold filtered, and cold packaged. It's as crisp and refreshing as the Colorado Rockies. It is literally made to chill. Coors Light is the one I choose when I need to unwind. So when you want to hit reset, reach for the beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light in the new look delivered straight to your door with Drizzly or Instacart. Celebrate responsibly. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. Support for this podcast comes from U.S. Bank. U.S. Bank wants to know how you reward yourself because they have cards that make every day more rewarding. Are you a points order, cashback guru, low intro APR lover? With U.S. Bank, it's up to you because they have the cards to fit your lifestyle. So earn more whether you're shopping at a gas station or a grocery store, even while planning a staycation. Learn more at usbank.com slash credit card. U.S. Bank credit cards are issued by U.S. Bank National Association N.D. Some restrictions may apply. Member FDIC. This is the Rotowire Fantasy Football Podcast. Here's your host, John Halpin. Hey, everybody, it's John Halpin. Welcome to the Wednesday, August 2nd edition of the Rotowire Fantasy Football Podcast, sponsored by Yahoo Fantasy Football. My guest today is Jeff Hasley of Football Guys. I'm going to let you in on a little secret. We're actually recording this Tuesday night, so we're sort of, Jeff, we're sort of cheating, right? A little bit? <laughs> a little bit. All right. Well, welcome. Thanks for doing this. Yeah. Hey, thanks for having me. It's a, it's a pleasure. And uh, um, what was it? Last year we did this around the same time. So right. I definitely appreciate the re-invite. Yeah. Um, so now that they we're doing a night podcast, but I don't normally do. I normally do these at, you know, nine, 10 o'clock in the morning. Um, I've got a beer with me. Are you, uh, are you, are you dry over there? Or are you, are you having a cocktail too? I- I am actually dry. However, I just reached over for a uh, a glass of, or a bottled water, so got I've it. got that at my disposal. Yeah, I'd like be, because my rotor wire overlords are in Wisconsin. I'm drinking a line and Kugel summer shandy. So Wisconsin beer nice. for a Wisconsin-based podcast. Just so everybody knows, um, no sponsorship <laughs> there, but whatever. Hopefully, there's not a competing <laughs> one that I don't know about. <laughs> That's awesome. All right, I wish I could join you. Um, You've been managing at football guys. You've been managing lots of mock drafts. You're participating in some, you're commissioning all, all of them, right? Pretty much. Right. That's correct. Okay. So you did, I'm going to focus some of this discussion on a 12 team PPR MFL style, which is two backs, three receivers, um, PPR. You started, you were in the sixth slot. You went OBJ Gronk with your first two picks. Um, I know the pendulum is swinging back toward running back a little bit this year, but any running back worries starting that strong on the receiving front? No, because I actually kind of like the running backs that are available in the third, fourth, and fifth round. So my if, if I'm picking six, like I did in this particular draft, if I don't have a running back that falls to me, like one of the top three or maybe four, um, you know, I will go with a, a, an Odell Beckham or a Julio Jones and or Antonio Brown if he makes it, but um, I will I will go heavy on wide receiver. And when Gronk came around, or when the second pick came around and I took Gronk, I just didn't really like the picks that were available at, to me at the time. 
And I just uh, I, I pulled the trigger. I pulled the trigger on Gronk, even though I would rather have him in like the late second as opposed to the early second or early. Actually, it was mid mid second. Um, I, I decided to pull the trigger and um, I went with no running backs in the first two rounds. So, yeah, that was interesting. Uh, I've done that that uh, philosophy, that that strategy, if you will. Uh, a couple times in, in mock drafts, uh, it's I usually kind of let the draft come to me. I don't really have a specific plan uh, of action for making my picks. It just depends on who's there, when it's there, what's the best value, uh, what can I foresee coming to me the next round, that kind of thing. So it's just in this particular draft, uh, I did, elected to pull the trigger there with Gronk. Okay, so you, you said something interesting there. You said, well, the big three running backs are well, maybe four. Who's four? <laughs> Four, is, oh, four or five. Uh, either Lashawn McCoy or Melvin Gordon, and I'm I'm a little bit concerned about Gordon. Well, I'm on the fence with Melvin Gordon, to be honest with you, because there's there's things that I like about him, and there's things I don't like about him. Uh, I guess I can start with what I don't like about him, and that's the fact that you know he had these touchdowns last year that were came out of nowhere, yeah. uh, which is great. But then the year prior he had zero. So what is the norm for him? What's, are we going to see a regression uh, or are we going to see perhaps, you know, a career year from him, even though he just had a career year. Uh, so the, the downside is we're not sure what's going to happen with him this year. Uh, the upside is he's got Anthony Lynn as his head coach. We know that Anthony Lynn is a, uh, um, a strong proponent for the running game. We saw what he did with LaShawn McCoy in Buffalo last year uh, and, and years prior. Uh, he worked him as much as he could, and, and McCoy was able to handle it. And I think that Gordon can too. So if, if Gordon is used in the same way that McCoy was in Buffalo, then, yeah, I love that upside. But that's why I'm on the fence. See, one one week or one draft, I might be like, yeah, yeah this is a good fit for him, and another – I might decide, you know what, I'm, gonna, I'm not going to have too many shares of Gordon. I'm going to pass. I'm going to let someone else take him. So I'm, uh, that's, that's how, kind of how I feel right now with Melvin Gordon. I have not yet decided uh, how I feel about him. If, I, if, if he's a, a must draft or if he's a, you know, I'll let, I'll let this one pass. Yeah, I'm with you. Being on the fence is, it's a wishy-washy non-take, but I'm with you. And it's not, sorry, it's not wishy-washy. It is what it is. You're not sure. And I look at him and part of me says, Wow, 1,400 yards from scrimmage in, in basically 12 games and all those touchdowns, and that's great. And then I look and I go, 3.9 yards a carry. Huh. I, I don't know. Mm-hmm. I mean, I, I like him. Do I like him at the cost of picking him in the middle of the first round? I, I, I would probably rather not, I guess, is, is where I would be on him. Because I, I, I feel like I, I've, seen, I've seen the ceiling, and it's really nice. Mm-hmm. But the, the, there's, yeah. there's more of a floor right. than, than I think we're, uh, we're accounting for here generally. Okay. Everybody, we'd like to thank Yahoo Fantasy Football for sponsoring sorry, the Rotowire Fantasy Football Podcast. You can sign up now for Yahoo Fantasy Football at rotowire.com slash Yahoo. Also, if you want to catch us on Twitter, Jeff is at Jeff Hasley, H-A-S-E-L-E-Y. I'm at jhoppin 37 You can also tweet us at Rotowire at Rotowire NFL, where we've got lots of player updates, or you can check us out on Facebook anytime. We like answering questions there, too. Okay, we're going to go back to this mock that you did um, and look at your team after Beckham and Gronk. Your third-round pick, 30th overall, Ty Montgomery. I know this is a PPR, but you picking him there tells me that you are a believer, and I'd like you to explain why. Yeah, you know what? I, I am a believer. I, I think that Montgomery, and everyone's talking about, oh, he had only 77 carries last year. What is that? How can we potentially use him as a, you know, a, a running back one in my case, or a running back two in a lot of people's cases, of uh, you know, someone that you can trust and, and rely upon? And you know, I look at it like this: one, Green Bay is a explosive offense, so he's going to have opportunities uh, to uh, scoring opportunities. Two. Montgomery is six foot, 221 pounds, right? He's not, he's not small. And uh, not only that, I mean, he has power. He can, he can bulldoze himself into the end zone. We've seen that. He can make cuts. We know that. Uh, And he has good vision, better vision than I actually thought he did for a wide receiver turned running back who was a former running back. Um, So I, he can find daylight. He knows how to make, make holes or find a hole 
And you combine that all together with Green Bay's offense and, and two other rookie running backs in his way, and uh, especially everything that you're hearing right now from from uh, coach speak, right? You got Mike McCarthy yes. saying that, you know, great things about him and uh, other people, of course, in the industry also saying, Hey, let's, let's take note of this guy. And uh, you know, he's someone that you can get in the third round of your draft. And he's a, he's a running back one uh, on a great team. So I tend to uh, gravitate to players who are on good offenses. You saw with the Gronkowski pick yep. uh, Beckham, of course, I mean, all he does is get 10 touchdowns and 12, 1300 yards. You'll take that every year. Um, and uh, Montgomery is, is just someone that I'm, I don't want, I don't want to say that I'm all in on because I do think that Jamal Williams uh, could take some of these goal line carries or perhaps some uh, short yardage runs, you know, kind of like what, um, uh, what was his name? You know, the, the, the white running back Coon, what was his yep. name on green Bay? John Coon, right? I forget his first. John, thank you, John Kuhn. Uh, kind of like what he did, right? He kind of vultured some touchdowns here and there. Well, if that's the worst that we're going to have to deal with, I, I can go with that. So I like Aaron Rodgers. I like Aaron Rodgers' ability to move the offense, and I like Ty Montgomery being the centerpiece of their running game. So that's why I am interested in Montgomery. That's also why I took him. I took him ahead of guys like uh, Isaiah Crowell, who's getting a lot of pub. Uh, Christian McCaffrey, we'll talk about, I'm sure. Yes. Uh, Marshawn Lynch, Carlos Hyde, you know, all these other running backs who went after that. I think Montgomery is uh, uh, clearly ahead of those guys, in my opinion. And, you know, we'll see how it goes. I think he was right around where ADP was for him. I might have taken him maybe just a tad bit early. But, hey, if you like a player, if you want a guy on your team, you don't necessarily have to follow ADP. Right. I'm looking right now at ADP since July 15th. Ty Montgomery is 45 overall, and you took him at number 30. Um, uh-huh. I, I think PPR-wise, I mean, there's a difference in there. I know the ADP accounts for that, but the, the one thing I wanted to ask you, I think last week there was a report. The ESPN.com beat writer for the Packers said, you know, I think Ty Montgomery probably doubles his carries this year, which, which that would get him to 155. You think over? Mm-hmm. I think over. I mean that's ten yeah, a game. That's I, not even ten a game. I think you have to. I think you have to lean over because he's the starting incumbent running back, right? And right. He's your he's your main guy. He's going to be the one who gets the most snaps. Well, if those most snaps for sixteen games is one hundred fifty five carries, I think something might be wrong. So I, I think you go over those one hundred fifty five carries, and uh, you know we'll see how he does. We've we've heard about his transition, his off season approach to where he wants to be. He he has a he has a vision. He's got a goal, and you can tell that he's hell bent on achieving it. All right, we're gonna go down a couple of rounds. You went uh, Crabtree in round four, Mark Ingram in round five. Um, I think some people might flinch at that pick. I wouldn't, but I think some people would because everybody is terrified of Adrian Peterson. Um, <laughs> are are you? Are, is this basically is that pick not only? I, 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 it's hard not to like Ingram, but mm-hmm. does this pick represent you saying, you know, I'm, I'm not buying the Peterson thing. I'm not worried. Well, I know. Actually, I do think that, uh, I do think that there's, that Peterson's going to do something. I, I think he'll be pretty, pretty good. In fact, I think I can see him getting six, seven, maybe even eight touchdowns this season. Uh, the question though is how many carries he's going to get, how many yards he's going to get, how, what type of, uh, involvement will he have in the passing game? Uh, you know, New Orleans is an offense that has a high percentage of completion uh, passes from Drew Brees. So uh, they're an efficient offense. They'll move the ball. They're going to have a lot of conversions on third down. They're going to have a lot of first downs uh, to go to go with. So there's going to be opportunities for Ingram and for Peterson and for Elvin Kamara, for that matter. I see him kind of being that change of pace um, uh, you know, type of running back that New Orleans has used in the past as a pass catcher, you know, kind of like Pierre Thomas, sort of, so to speak. Um, He's Marshall Falk, remember? Yeah. Did you read that? Oh, yeah, that's right. I did. I did read that. Oh yeah, no, no problem. Just Marshall Falk. <laughs> uh, I mean, that's high praise, right? But I mean, shoot, I don't know about that. Now Peyton didn't uh, say that. I think Peyton was led into that comparison, so he didn't right. offer it up. So just to clear that yeah, up, yeah. And the media just kind of ran with it, and we're like, hey, let's make a joke out of this, right? But um, so Ingram. <laughs> I mean, what's not to like about Ingram as long as he 
maintains that consistency that we've seen from him in the past. Uh, and if Peterson flounders, if he's if he struggles, if he can't get separation through the um, uh, through the first pile, you know, if he can't get a lot of yards after contact, like we, kind of what we saw last year and the year before that, uh, then then I think Ingram is the guy to have. I still think he's kind of the guy to have because Peterson is more of like uh, no one really knows. Really, I mean, no one knows. They really don't know. Could he right. have twelve hundred yards? Could he? Could he have six hundred yards? Could he have two hundred yards? Uh, there's the huge unknown, but I do think that Ingram is not going to be left out. I, I think he'll get his, and I think he'll have an opportunity to uh, to play well. I mean, if you can get both of them, that's not a bad handcuff, but that's an expensive handcuff to get both. Right. Um, in my particular case here, because I uh, did not go running back into the third round, I felt like I had to take someone. Okay. So who did I pass up in order to get Ingram? I passed up Mike Gillisley, who went next. Um, the next running back, uh, Spencer Ware, Derek Henry, Danny Woodhead, um, you know, some Eddie Lacy, some decent running backs there, and I elected to go with Ingram. That decision may be the um, – the one that determines whether or not this is a uh, a good solid contender or one that uh, doesn't make the cut. So uh, we'll we'll find out. That's for sure. Uh, I would I would have been with you in taking Ingram over those guys. So and actually, so Spencer, your- Spencer Ware, I'm close on with Ingram. Yeah. So uh, I I just think Ingram. Like, the thing the thing that I don't like about Ingram is Peyton because we every year we look and we go, God, I wish they'd use him more. You know, and I mean, he can catch the ball. He, he runs well, you know, short yardage. He's fine. Right. I mean, there's nothing you, you look and you say, that's a guy who should probably, he should be sort of a bell cow back. And they always kind of hesitate with him. And you know, what right. is it last year? Was it, did, wasn't he, when was, was it last year that he was complaining about not getting the ball or not getting his touchdown bonus or something? So I was, more, uh, I think it was, yeah. It might, either last year or the year before that, but yes. Yeah, so I don't know. I, I just, and I just sometimes I just wonder why Peyton won't use him. And now with, with Peterson there, I still I look and I say objectively Ingram's the best guy, but mm-hmm. I hope I hope Peyton doesn't just muck this up. And I then, mean, would we all be surprised if if Peterson comes out with like a two hundred yard game week one, <laughs> and you know winds up with twelve hundred yards and uh, you know pretty much rides off into the sunset with his cowboy hat? You know, I mean, uh, I wouldn't be surprised. He's Robo Peterson, right? He is. I, I still he, – he's a guy that I will not own under any circumstances because I, I'm off that train and I'm not getting back on it. You know, I'm the same with Lynch actually, even though that's a different kind of deal. I would take a flyer on him if he's like my third or fourth running back. Sure, why not? Which I have in other drafts. On Peterson? Yes. Oh, hold on. He's going – I don't have him here. I think it was my fourth running back. I think I, I grabbed him in one draft. I'd have to look and take a look and see, but um, – He's, he's yeah. Why not? I mean, he's a flyer. He's going to get the touchdown. I, I have no doubt about that. He's going to have at least five or six touchdowns, maybe even seven or eight. And he's the thirty-third running back off the board in that format. So it's not. It doesn't cost you a lot. All right, maybe. I don't know. I, I still don't he's think I want. Kind of like, he's like that decision between him or Kareem Hunt. Hmm. You know, which one would you rather have? Probably Peterson. Right. I'd rather have so, like Garrett I mean, Blunt than Peterson, though. Be- okay. Because I mean, Blunt's gonna he's gonna give you at least some consistency because he'll be the, the, the starting guy. Right. And we don't know that truly about Peterson and uh, but I, I think it's a long shot to expect even remotely similar uh, production from LeGarrette Blunt this year in Philadelphia versus what we saw no, in New England. I agree with that. I just think Pe- I I, fe- I look at Peterson and I, I see a low floor. In addition to okay. that's that's I, I think he's too volatile for me. Even and I know that's round eight, so it's not costing me a lot. Right, but I, and but he's he could be a league winner though, right? And you want to have guys like that on your team, and because his floor and his ceiling is way apart. Right, right. I mean, he's got a low low floor and a high high ceiling, um, which isn't necessarily the best thing. But if you're taking a flyer on him as your running back four, who cares? Yeah. All right. Maybe I don't know. I still don't think I'm drafting him, but you're making a good case. <laughs> All right. All right. Um, so we go down a little bit, and you mentioned uh, passing on Gillisley, and you took James White in round eight. By the way, to your point a minute ago about not taking guys yeah. from bad offenses, this is a 20-round draft, and until round 19, 
you didn't take a guy from a bad offense. Tyrod Taylor is the only one you could argue is from a bad offense. That's not bad. <laughs> How about that? See? Right? That's, that's, that's my plan. It's all right. good offense guys. I mean, you took Anquan Bolden the 17th. You don't, we don't know where he's going to wind up. Um, but, yeah, everybody's yeah. from good offense. So it's an, interest, it's an interesting point you made there. Um, all right, so round eight, you took James White. You mentioned Gillisley. What do you think yeah. of all those guys? I mean, it, it's not the Belichick, you know, we need to be afraid of Belichick's running back usage so much anymore. Right. But I look at those guys and I go, I, I, I could see a path for Deion Lewis. I could really? see a path for White. I could see a path for Burkhead. Not to be, the, you know, the early yeah. down guy getting 10 touchdowns. But yeah. I can see a way for all of them to possibly do well. I mean, they like Deion Lewis. Do you think they're going to keep four running backs? No. But I don't so know. which one's the man out? I don't know. Gillisley's not the man out. Right. And I don't think Rex Burkhead is the man out because they signed him in the offseason. I don't, I don't think they would sign someone like that and then turn around and cut him and not use but, him, not utilize him. And, and uh, Burkhead was someone who you know, showed flashes with Cincinnati. He just never got the opportunity. And New England saw that. And guess what? They also saw that in Wes Welker when he was with Miami. I'm not saying that Rex Burkhead is going to be the, the guy to own in New England, but, I mean, would you be surprised if that was the case? No. But, well, I, I, actually, I've taken Burkhead in some mocks and actually a draft or two very, very late. Because, yep. because of some of the things they said, not only did they go get him in the offseason, but the thing, and, and coach speak, you can only put so much stock in, and media speak even more so, you have to be skeptical of. But they were saying things like... And they did it with Woodhead, too. He, so he looks so good, and the good thing is he's so versatile, you know, he, he stays on the field, you know, because he can block, he can catch, and he can run. And that's nice. The thing about Burkhead, too, he, he's, he's a special teams guy, right? He's... I, th- I think he's a pretty good special teams player, if I, re- if I recall that correctly. Yeah, I mean, he is, but I think he's more than that. Right. And but I think that's why New England took him. But, but I think, uh, do you remember what the, remember all those times with, when, back when we were never sure about the Patriots running backs, and you'd have those weeks occasionally where you'd look and you'd go, maybe Brandon Bolden, maybe. <laughs> maybe this <laughs> yeah. is the week. Patrick but, Pass, baby. But he was always, he was playing special teams, and that, that, that kind of affected how much he played in the backfield. And I don't know. I, I, I kind of like Burkhead. That's the thing. I look at those guys, and I don't know if I can figure out the way to go. Again, like James White in round eight, it's not a big investment. And I think Gillisley is the surest bet of the four, but he's sort of in a separate bucket. The other three, I, I don't know what to make of them. I, I see Gillisley uh, kind of playing the role of LeGarrette Blunt, right. right, to an extent. And uh, maybe not necessarily as much volume as Blunt received, um, but uh, kind of like a um, kind of a pseudo role between Blunt and you know like their pass catching back. I can see him doing a little bit of both. And but I see James White as their uh, as as their short yardage uh, receiving type of back. I mean, he had 60 catches last year and only had three games where he had uh, 30 or more snaps. <laughs> right. That's crazy. Yeah, that's nuts. And he had a, a career best 4.3 yards per carry. Right. Right. So and he was a Super Bowl hero. So he uh, has proven, at least to me and probably the Patriots, that, you know, he's capable of doing the job. Uh, so I, I like James White. I like him over. I, I kind of like him over guys like, you know, um, Theo Riddick, maybe even um, Amir Abdullah. Wow. Um, I well, just because of the offense, just because of the, the, the consistency with New England's offense, right? I mean, if they score, what, 31, 35 points a game, what are the odds that White is going to, A, do something, and B, be involved with a touchdown or, or two? So in that regard, and it's, he's great for best ball. Yeah. Uh, and, but in this, and, and this particular case with uh, MFL 10, you don't have to worry about uh, setting a lineup. So um, I, I really like White, especially in this format, and uh, uh, I'd be willing to take him as my, what is he, my, my fourth running back, right? So right. Um, I'll, I'll take that all, all day long. So, so you, you think, and you're not the first person I feel who said this, you feel like Lewis is just the odd man out here. I think Lewis might be cut. Yeah. All I right. do. I, I do. I think there there might be some sort of uh, lasting effect with his knee injury. Uh, he may not be comfortable with it. 
Um, the confidence factor might be there, you know, where he's not quite sure if he can make cuts on it. So, uh, you know, it's, it's, it's just a question mark with me. Okay. With him. Um, so then you go to round nine and yeah. everybody in the business we're in waits on quarterbacks. So no one should yeah. be basically, it, it, it's so funny. I, I have these conversations with people like you and yeah, many others. And I, I wonder if people who are listening sometimes listen like we have three heads. I mean, hopefully we're, we're dealing with a sophisticated fantasy football player who's basically listening to fantasy football podcasts to, you know, to, to be, to find interesting conversation and learn and all that stuff. But there are a lot of leagues, you know, your, your, your average Joe league, there's guys taking Aaron Rodgers and Tom Brady in the first round, which a bunch of us would never do. So you're, you're probably not waiting in a lot of leagues. You're not waiting till round nine for your quarterback, but you did here and you Uh get Kirk cousins, which it was with the 11th quarterback off the board in this draft. I can't understand that. Why doesn't anyone, not anyone. Some people do Kirk cousins is so, isn't he so underrated? Well, here, let me let me just tell you this, and I'm sure you probably know this. He had 4,900 yards last year. Right. 49, that's 100 away from 5,000 yards. How many times has that happened in a year, in a season? I know. Like three or four times ever? Right. So, I mean, that right there tells me that, uh, you know, he's got the ability. Sure, um, you know, he, uh, he has a new offensive coordinator now. Um, but, I mean, that offensive coordinator he's worked with before and, and, and has done well. So, I, don't give me that. I, it's in, in his. Um, he's got two year, two consecutive years of sixty nine point eight percent completion percentage and sixty seven percent last year. Mm-hmm. So two consecutive years of high um, uh, completion percentage. And Washington, get this, their kicker Dustin Hopkins led the league in field goal attempts last year. Right? Why? Because their offense couldn't get the ball in the end zone. Well, now well, who do they have? They've got Terrell Pryor, who's coming in. Right. I don't want to say they couldn't get it in the end zone because they had Jordan Reed, and he was mainly their uh, red zone target. And Jamison Crowder also had seven touchdowns himself. He actually led all receivers with touchdowns. Uh, but Reed was the, was the primary guy. But bringing in Terrell Pryor, a taller, uh, rangier, uh, go-get-it type of receiver in the end zone, uh, you throw that in there, guess what? That's good news for Cousins. You know, his 25 touchdowns might become 30 or 32 now. Uh, so I, I love the, uh, the upside with Kirk Cousins, uh, especially the way that uh, the offense is coming around. You've got Josh Doxson, who is a receiver who could do some damage. I mean, there's, they have a lot of weapons. So um, Washington is a good offense, and, and I don't think people just realize that. 4,900 yards he had last year. And lots of volume. That's Drew Brees, that's Drew Brees numbers. Yeah, I, I think people are – I, I think some of the conventional wisdom in the offseason overstated the receiving losses. I mean, they lost, you know, what, Jackson and, and Garcon, and people kind of went, oh, no, they right. lost receivers. I mean, Terrell Pryor is pretty darn good. So Yeah, especially in the red zone. Yeah. So uh, Cousins will, is, will be helpful. Cousins is my number five quarterback, so I'm in. And, mm-hmm. and I, you getting him where you got him, I just think it's, it's stealing. Um, more Redskins. Rob Kelly in round 11. I keep looking at Rob Kelly and, you know, mocks and drafts and things and where he's going. Mm-hmm. And I'm going, I know everybody's convinced that P. Ryan's going to take over. Well, right. we, we, got, we get a report today, um, quote, this is from ESPN.com, quote, having issues with ball security and pass protection. Let me tell you, folks, those are two big strikes against a rookie running back. Pass protection is you, you, if he's not going to protect the quarterback, he's not going to, he's not staying on the field. He's not going to be on the field third on passing downs anyway, because Thompson's there. But I mean, Rob Kelly, I think is, is, is really flying under the radar here. Do you agree? I think so. And I took him as my fifth running back. So again, it's all upside. Yeah. Who cares? Um, but, uh, I, I, let me ask you this. Do you think Rob Kelly had a breakout season last year? Uh, I wouldn't say breakout. That's not how I would classify okay. it. Maybe, maybe I'm underestimating him, but I wouldn't have called it that. I thought he was fine. Yeah, right. And he had, I mean, he didn't have like more than what, 100 and I don't even know, 150, 160 carries, right? And I think he had like 600, 700 yards rushing, right. uh, six touchdowns, you know, not a lot of catches. You know, that's, that's not great, but I mean, he also came out of nowhere last year and, um, you know, 
what is it Keith Marshall? There uh, uh, the other running back. Yeah, done again. Are we forgetting about him? Uh, and Chris Thompson was their pass catcher, so pass catching running back, I should say. Um, but yeah, in my opinion, he's the incumbent running back. He's the one who they're going to turn to in the uh, in the goal line situation, short yardage. Um, he knows the offense. That's the quarterback already has that rapport established and uh, P Ryan is uh, everyone's trying to make him into this rookie running back. He's just going to come in and, and uh, make waves. And, and like, uh, like you said, that news uh, blurb that came out today, you know, saying pass protection and ball security. Those are the two. If, oh, if you have one of those, you're probably <laughs> not getting on the field that much. Right. If you have two of those issues, that's a huge uh, I don't know, red flag, yellow flag, at least on um, fantasy relevance, in my opinion. Yeah, hand that guy a clipboard if he has those two problems. Just forget it. Yeah, um, uh, we'll see what you what can you do on special teams, and then we'll talk. <laughs> exactly. Everybody, we've got to thank our friends at Yahoo Fantasy Football for sponsoring the RotoWire Fantasy Football podcast. With Yahoo Fantasy Football, there are endless ways to feel the wins each week, whether it's a winning waiver claim, a winning piece of smack talk, or actually winning on the field. It's football in its funnest, best form, and where there's no such thing as excessive celebration, even if you sack someone after you blow by some Ajay Pirine for a sack. Um, Yahoo Fantasy Football is free to play and easy to use on a desktop or on mobile with the Yahoo Fantasy Sports app. Sign up today at rotowire.com slash yahoo and download the Yahoo Fantasy Sports app, which has been rated number one by the Fantasy Sports Trade Association for three years running. The Yahoo Fantasy app Messenger allows for all the witty banter and smack talk that your league can muster. The app's just as extensive as the desktop experience, letting you draft, trade, and comb waiver options right on your phone. It gives you in-depth player and matchup analysis to help you fine-tune your roster each and every week. Switch your league to Yahoo, where you can manage your league dues for free. Sign up today for Yahoo Fantasy Football at rotowire.com slash yahoo. That's rotowire.com slash yahoo. Yahoo Fantasy Football Feel the wins. All right. We've referenced the uh, ESPN beat writer reports a couple of times. And I've got another one on Ezekiel Elliott. This is from, I think it was this morning, Tuesday morning quote. So far in training camp, Elliott has lined up in the slot. He has lined up wide. He has started in the backfield and motioned to the slot as well as out wide. He has run routes from the backfield. Now when Ezekiel Elliott uh, came into the league last year, we all said this is great because he's in a great situation and he's a three down back. He can block, he can catch those things we talked about with the other guy that, you know, were, were not great. He, he has all these attributes that tell you that he's going to stay on the field all the time, but they probably didn't throw to him as much as maybe we thought he would. Do you think that, I mean, you know, we, we need to take some of these pre preseason quotes with a grain of salt, but do you think they're going to throw to him more this season? Well, it sure sounds like they are. I mean, he had 32 receptions last year on 40 targets. So, I mean, he was pretty efficient when he was throwing the ball. And, um, you know, he's someone that obviously they want to get the ball into his hands, kind of like Arizona and David Johnson, right? Just whatever we, if we have to give him 30 touches a game, we'll do it. Um, that's not great for his longevity, but boy, is that good for this year. Right. And that's what they're aiming for, I think. And, you know, because that's kind of what running backs are. In this day and age, is uh, run them and run them and run them and run them until you have to change the tires. And uh, you know, if you change the tires and it's not running as well as it did, guess what? You get a new car. And uh, I kind of see that with uh, with some of these elite running backs, and we're going to see it with David Johnson soon enough. We'll see it with the Elliott. We'll, you know, we, we're already starting to see it with Demarco Murray, um, uh, Devonte Freeman. We might, you know, there's there's some running backs out there that uh, Lashawn McCoy, although he's been pretty good. I mean, he's he's taken that in stride. Frank Gore is the ultimate one who <laughs> can absolutely absorb the NFL season multiple years, but. Um, yeah, I, I just think that they're going to get him involved as much as they can. And, uh, uh, you know, who's the uh, – I don't know if you know this. There was a, there's a running back that's also making some uh, waves with the Cowboys in camp. Um, I forget his name, but he's someone that's starting to kind of turn some heads a little bit. But, I mean, he's got Elliott in front of him. What's he going to do? It's not Rod but Smith. Least, is it Rod Smith? And you know what? I think it is. Okay. I think it is Rod Smith because I'm like, Rod Smith. Um, and, uh, there could be some carry shares just to keep him fresh, but I mean, he's a stud and they want to, they want to run him like a workhorse. I totally could see him increasing his reception totals from 32, uh, a year ago. Gotcha. Okay. 
I want to talk about the ADP of some other running backs. And interesting, you just mentioned DeMarco Murray. Um, I'm looking mm-hmm. at the MFL ADP. Derrick Henry is the 22nd running back. I don't, I don't get that at all. Like how, I think that's, that's way too high for him. Yeah. It's recent. I mean, this is all, I, I sorted it. I'm looking going, maybe I had to use some weird sorting mechanism. Like I did something wrong here and no, it's drafts over the last couple of weeks. And this is a PPR league. And you know, a lot of that I think is based on pedigree, right? And his ability and his potential, but you have to look at his team situation too, with Marco Murray in front of him. Uh, you know, if he's going to be splitting that load and that's even, we don't even know if that's the case. Right. Uh, then is he really worth a running back 22? In, in my opinion, no. No. I, I, don't, I don't see that at all. I'd rather have Ty Montgomery over him, right? Yes. Um, Alive, I'd rather have so many guys over him because they're going to throw more yeah. too. That's, that's ridiculously too high in my opinion. And there's always someone who takes him. I don't have him in any draft at all this year. No, no, no shares no. Uh, of, of Henry. I, and um, he's the type of guy who could – turn into something, uh, but it would take a, an injury to do so. And, you know, it, to me, that's too early to take a running back that you have to rely upon an injury in order to have uh, uh, startable um, uh, consistency, right? right. So, uh, yeah, I'm with you. That's too high. All right, I'm out. I mean, even maybe I, I, maybe the best ball is the, is the attractiveness where they think if Murray gets hurt, and you know, good, I don't know, I'm out. Yeah. Um, yeah. Theoretic, I love he's going as the 38th running back in the let's say the 114th pick overall. I love him. I mean, that is just a bargain for him. I mean, they're already talking about the red zone again, and they're, they're going to try to get him involved more. Maybe he takes some of Bolden's targets. I mean, this is a guy who over the last two seasons has averaged five catches a game. It's huge in a yeah. PPR league. He's huge. And that either will stay the same or it will decrease. And this is why, because Amir Abdullah is also in the mix now who wasn't in the mix last year. And so, I like him. Um, you have to, you have to factor in at the Abdullah return in this, but I still like that value just simply because one of what the coaches have already said that they want to get him more involved, not just more involved, but more involved in the red zone, which to me says, okay, great. That means that he's not only going to be more involved, but he's going to be more involved for scoring opportunities. So I'm on board with that. Uh, I don't have a problem with him as my fourth or fifth running back. Not a problem at all, no. especially in PPR leagues. I mean, I, I think theoretics, the type of guy in PPR leagues, you, you're going to start more often than not because he just catches yeah, so many passes. He's probably, he's probably a lock to get 10 to 12 points, right? That's like his floor in PPR leagues. Right. And, and you, you take that every week if you could. Hey, absolutely. Um, you mentioned one of the guys you passed over, um, in one of the picks before Spencer Ware, mm-hmm. how much, I mean, and it, this was at a place, it doesn't mean you didn't like Spencer Ware. It was just, you know, it was at a point in the draft where he was one of many you could have considered. How, how mm-hmm. big of a threat do you think Kareem Hunt is to Spencer Ware? This is a tough one. This is one that a lot of people have talked about, and I've talked about this too. I love Spencer Ware. I, I love the, the player. I love his ability. I love the fact that he had 13 and a half yards per catch last year as a running back. That's insane. Yes. I remember looking halfway through the year, and it was actually it was higher. It was like 14, 15, 16 maybe even. And I'm thinking, what? How in the world, how in the world is Andy Reid going to not have him on the field if he can get that type of production as a receiver? So uh, for that stat alone, I think that Andy Reid is going to be, you know, pretty high on Spencer Ware seeing some snaps. Um, and, uh, you know, for him to be, um, you know, their main running back, I think he's going to get more than an opportunity to, to handle that. It's his job to lose. We'll put it that way. He had 4.3 yards per carry last year, five touchdowns. He only had um, one of his 14 games where he had less than 30 snaps, right? So he's on the field an awful lot. And Kareem Hunt, uh, the big thing about Kareem Hunt, he's, uh, he's good, he's solid, he's durable, right? He's like the, the, uh, the prototypical type of running back who can come in and make, it, make a difference. Uh, he's a rookie, though, right? So he's going to have a learning curve a little bit. He doesn't fumble the ball. What did he fumble once ever in Toledo? <laughs> uh, as, as, I mean, out of like 400-something carries, it's something crazy mad like that. Okay. Um, so ball security is not an issue there with, with Hunt. Um, I, I think he'll be able to pass protect. The question, though, is, 
is Andy Reid going to rely on him or have enough faith in him and trust in him to be a part of that offense? Uh, and is Spencer Ware going to have any uh, any games where you know he just struggles or he's he's not playing well or if he gets hurt? Uh, so I like Hunt, but only if there's a there's a a, a fraction of an opportunity for him to um, to make some waves. Uh, but right now, I, I do think that Spencer Ware is the guy to have. And Hunt is also a strong player, but maybe not necessarily year one. Uh, if anything, midway or second half of the year, he might start to get more carry shares uh, and be fantasy relevant. I don't see him fantasy relevant right out, off the bat. Um, but going ahead, moving forward, I think that uh, I think Hunt is, is their guy. Um, but he just has to earn it first. So Spencer Ware this year in round, an ADP in round seven is looking pretty good to you. I do. Yeah, I, I think so. Is he better than Mark Ingram? That's what I'm going to find out. All right. <laughs> um, another situation like that with a rookie uh, in Houston. Do you think Lamar Miller needs to worry? I, I do. I do think Lamar Miller needs to worry. I mean, Miller, the last three years, he's gone from five yards per carry, four and a half yards per carry to four yards per carry last year. And, uh, We've seen him have injuries with his knee, his ankle, his shoulder. Uh, you know, he was probably overused early on last year, and he wore down. Uh, Which is what the Dolphins always to... thought would happen when we were all screaming, yeah. give him the ball more. Right. And, you know, he was um, – he's, he's always someone who you kind of have to think, well, unless he changes his conditioning, unless he, you know, adds like maybe 10 or 15 pounds of muscle – we're probably going to see something like that similar again if he continues to get those carry shares. So I'm a little concerned about Miller, but uh, is, is Deontay Foreman, is he someone that can come in and be able to learn the pass protection schemes? Uh, is he going to be able to hold on to the ball? I mean, if he fumbles the ball in preseason, you know, or, you know, a couple times, it's like, well, Hmm, let's, let's think about this. Right. I mean, they still have, they still have a, a, a keem hunt, don't they? Um, yes, I think they do. And he was someone who actually made some noise last year too. Uh, he's someone, he's a, he's a dark horse guy for me there, John, um, as a, as a potential guy in Houston. And, and I think Houston's offense is going to be pretty good, especially what they're talking about with Deshaun Watson. And, uh, did you see what the, what, uh, Bob, uh, Bill O'Brien said about, uh, Watson today? No. He said that he is the best-looking rookie quarterback that he's ever seen. <laughs> okay? I mean, the context might be slightly off, but that's what he said. Oh, no. So, I mean, Watson oh, my goodness. is turning some heads. Watson is turning some heads, and he's got a pedigree. Yep. He won the national championship, beat Alabama, and, and really did well against Alabama the two times he's played him. Uh, so, I mean, if Alabama is the um, – is the defense that the, that he's going to kind of see in the NFL, man, Watson could be pretty good. Right. All right. We're going to go to another sponsor that we have to thank. That's odd. new fantasy football. Let you build your fantasy football dynasty. Like an NFL GM, it's better fantasy football auction based deep rosters and college players in the player pool that you can stash for the future trade for superstars to make a championship push. You can develop a team over multiple seasons, play against the best fantasy football competition on the internet. That's odd. new fantasy football. O T T O N E U autonewfootball.com. All right, so we're in Charlotte, both of us. I always get the Charlotte mm-hmm. Fantasy Football Mafia on these things. There's a lot of us, right? Yeah. I mean, there's, there's a lot. You know, Mike Rathburn does work for Rotowire. JJ Zacharyson, uh, who works for Number Five. I mean, there's a lot of, but if you ever wanted to, you know, wipe out a bunch of fantasy football people, drop a bomb on Charlotte. That's the, that's the way to go. So that's I don't know. Right. There's tons of us. But anyway, we want to talk I about it. With, uh, with JJ in my local league. You, you guys are together in a local league? Yeah. Yeah. And that's, that's always fun. But um, yeah, absolutely. He's a tough out. Does he draft all Steelers or is he? I mean, he's legit. I, he knows what he's doing. I'm just kidding. He, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he will take a couple Steelers, though. That's him. <laughs> um, do you, we're going to talk about our Panthers. Yes. First of all. How do you think, and this is a question I've asked a bunch of people, how, how do you think Cam Newton is, I think the, the biggest question the Panthers have is how Cam Newton is going to take to the short passing game. I, like, right. is, it, is it in him to do this? He's, a, he's obviously a talented player. Mm-hmm. Pat, accuracy is not his strongest suit. 
And now we're talking about probably more timing, short throws. You know, he's going to have to be very accurate to be to be getting these little, you know, these two rookies that they got, you know, sort of throwing them open, I guess, is a, is a phrase that gets used sometimes. Do you, do you think the adjustment in the offense suits Cam Newton? I think Cam's going to do whatever he needs to do to win, right? You know, because that's what he said. Um, I think he's made it his crusade in the early offseason, even before the surgery in March, to make 2017 a, a statement year, right? Because last year was embarrassing for him. Uh, after the MVP season, 15-1, and one, Super Bowl, granted he lost the Super Bowl, right? But last year was just like, oh, man, is this, maybe this is what Cam really is. And the year before was more of a, a outlier, right? So I think that Cam is prepared to make this a statement year. And he's got some unfinished business, and he's got something to prove. So I think he's going to do whatever he can. And we've already seen it. We've already seen what he's done. He's gone from 261 pounds down to, what was it, 247? Yeah. I think it is his uh, weight right now, and he looks great. And, uh, you know, he's like, oh, I'm going to continue to run, blah, blah, blah. Great. So this new style of offense that Carolina is evolving into of, like, you know, short uh, passes, getting the ball out quickly, not being back uh, in the pocket, you know, too long. Um, I, I think he's really going to work on that. Um, we may not see him ever have great footwork because that's, that's not really Cam. Right. He's not Aaron Rodgers. He's not Peyton Manning. He's not Joe Montana uh, in that respect. But he's got a great arm. Uh, I think he can be accurate, especially further downfield. But I think we're going to see some smoke routes. I think we're going to see some short slants. Uh, I think we're going to see the defense. I think there's going to be a lot of motion. I think the defense is going to be confused on where to go. Yeah. Um, and we're going to see uh, both Stewart and McCaffrey in the backfield. And, and maybe you've got uh, Russell Shepard or, or Curtis Samuel, uh, depending on Samuel's health and how he's doing and how he's you know coming along you know, as a guy who could do reverses. Uh, so, I mean, they're going to have weapons and they're going to have options. The defenses are not going to know what's coming. And uh, that's where I think that they're going to do a lot of damage. I think they're going to run the ball pretty well this year. The offensive line is improved. Ryan Khalil is back. Uh, their tackles are going to be playing tackle. <laughs> um, you know, and, and they've got strengths on the offensive line. And uh, I, I think Stewart is actually someone who could come in and really make uh, quite a stir because, I mean, you know that he's one of the best running backs in the league after contact. So when, when you've got all these players who are, you know, spread out or threats to be in motion or threats to get the ball or threats to go deep, uh, linebackers, safeties, they're all going to be watching them, which is going to leave holes for Stewart to run. And when there's holes for Stewart to run, he's going to get four, five, six, seven, eight yards every time. And if they can do that, Every time, and also have Newton be uh, a possibility as someone who could run as well. Uh, I think I think Carolina is going to be a really tough offense to deal with, and I think they're going to be one of the surprise offenses this year. And um, uh, I don't think we'll see Newton under center a lot. I think he'll be in shotgun a lot. So we're not going to see like the typical type of screen pass that we do from. Uh, from other offenses, which you know mainly do that out of the snap or out of the snap, out of uh, under center. Right. So uh, there's just going to be a different style of how that offense works, but I think a lot of it's going to be similar, but just with different players. I haven't even gotten to the McCaffrey love here yet, John. Um, but uh, McCaffrey is going to be an absolute huge piece to that offense. I agree. And 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 uh, I, I think that Cam is. I think he's. I think he's hell bent on on, uh, on really making a difference and and turning it around and doing whatever he needs to do uh, to be successful. Okay, so McCaffrey, you mentioned. Yeah. Um, I, I love the player. Yeah, I love the draft pick. I mean, Luke Keekley on the offense. However, it, if we're we're picking McCaffrey. In in round four of a PPR league, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. as you said, Stewart's still there. Mm-hmm. There, there. There's 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 only one football, and mm-hmm. not only will McCaffrey be sharing work with Stewart. I know they're different players. I know they can be on the field at the same time because McCaffrey could you know be in the slot or something, but. I look at McCaffrey 
and I see volume that could limit his fantasy upside. I don't think it limits his effectiveness as a real player, but I think Stewart's going to get the ball 12 times a game. And if he does, that's a fair assessment. How many times can McCaffrey get it? Well, I think he's going to at least get seven or eight carries. Yeah. At least a game. Right. And that's, that's what, uh, if it's like what five carries is like 80, or if the five carries a game is like 80 carries, so let's say 130, 125. So uh, yeah, around there, right? 130, 125. I, I think he's going to get around like 900 yards of total offense. I think he's going to get like 50 to 60 catches. I think he's going to be that involved, and maybe five or six touchdowns. Okay. Um, maybe seven. Maybe seven touchdowns, and he could have two on returns. Yeah. Um, but anyway, that's roughly about 190. 192, 195 fantasy points right there in a PPR league. Okay. That's pretty good. It's pretty good. Uh, I think I worry about, I will say I worry about the touchdowns because I worry about Stewart and Cam. He's got so much vision and so much shake and so much bake, man. I mean, uh, you heard what everyone said about him. Have you, have you seen the, the quotes that everyone's saying about him? I did. Dave Gettleman had the and I'm sorry to anyone who's been listening for the last two weeks. I've probably brought up this quote four times, but Dave, Dave Gettleman said, Curtis Martin's the best between the tackles runner he's ever seen. And McCaffrey reminds him of Curtis Martin. And I, that blew me away. Yeah. It blew me away. Right. That, that he would say that. And, and he's, he was not one prone to hyperbole either. So, I mean, I, I get how good the player is. I just look at that offense and I go, man, there's just there's a lot of mouths to feed. And I know they want to feature McCaffrey. I mean, early in camp, we can see that they have plans for him. Big ones. Mm-hmm. But Stewart's, Stewart's still pretty good. Like, I would love to yeah. get, I mean, looking at this ADP, I mean, oh my gosh, mm-hmm. would I love to. I mean, Jonathan Stewart in the, you know, 13th round. Thank you. Yes. Every time. Please. Tenth round, fine. I'm good because I think he might score eight touchdowns. See, I think that they are so impressed with Christian McCaffrey that they're going to give him as many opportunities and touches as they can, as long as they're not overusing him. And obviously, defenses are going to key on him. There's got to be some sort of uh, uh, mixture of uh, power run with Stewart. Yeah, you got to have the ability to throw it to Olson, uh, to Benjamin to uh, Samuel or, or Shepard over the middle or deep. Um, and, and then your options, uh, either um, uh, read options or, you know, like a, a, a halfback toss, you know, so and there's so much that they can do, but they have to mix it up. And, but I mean, just the things that they're saying about McCaffrey, um, I don't know if you have, uh, if, if, if you've heard the quotes, but I, I can give you some of the quotes that the players have, which is just, you know, they're raving about him. I know. I mean, we're only talking about, we're only talking about training camp right here. It's just a couple of days. <laughs> right. They're like, Oh my gosh, this guy. So, um, and we know Kettleman's already talked to him. And if you've seen his, uh, his tape, I mean, his deep tape, not just like the highlight tape on YouTube, but like the deep tape from his games at Stanford, you can tell that he's a running back yeah. and he's a receiver. He's both. He's Marshall Falk. I will say that right now. Wow. <laughs> I'm marking this down. He, he, Hold on. <laughs> he has the, he has the ability to be a fantasy running back and a fantasy receiver, which is exactly what Marshall Falk was. Now is Carolina the greatest show on turf? No. <laughs> right. <laughs> But I do think that their offense is going to be light years ahead of where it was last year. And McCaffrey is a huge reason why. All right. Uh, you're, you're selling me on him. Again, it's nothing. My, my, my skepticism is nothing against the player. It's the, it's the presence of all the other people that I want. I just want to, I, I'm, I'm, I'm wondering about the volume. Is, is but if, the, if, the, if the offense is moving the ball, there's going to be more first downs. That's true. And there's going to be more opportunities. And there's going to be, and you know, there's, there's just going to be more, there's more, there's more, there's more of the, of the pie, uh, to, to share the wealth on the offense. So it's a big, it's a bigger pie. There's more mouths, but a bigger pie. Exactly. Exactly. And and, uh, as long as McCaffrey can do what he does, he's, I think he's going to be great. And I I probably don't have him ranked higher at high enough. Honestly, Uh, it's take him in the fourth round all day. Take him in the third round, late third, Middle third, I might even pull the trigger. It depends on what other running backs are available. If it's right now, if I have a draft and it's like Mark Ingram or Spencer Ware 
or Amir Abdullah or Joe Mixon or McCaffrey, I'm picking McCaffrey ahead of all those guys. Okay, I was going to ask you if Joe. What about Joe Mixon? Even my, maybe even Montgomery. I need to see McCaffrey in the preseason to see how well he is. I also know that Shula and Ron Rivera and the Panthers like to kind of hide their plays in the preseason. Right. Um, I mean, shoot, remember when Cam was a rookie? His preseason was horrible. Yep. Remember? Yes, Remember? I do. And then the week one where it's, and two where he had 400 yards passing, it was like, whoa. <laughs> right. you know, was like, How did that happen? This? Where did this come from? Yeah. Because he was like the 20th quarterback selected in drafts that year. Yep. Um, and, uh, and look at that. So, yeah, the, the Panthers, I, I think they don't want to they – don't, they don't want to show their, uh, their new toy to everyone yet in the preseason. So I wouldn't be surprised if he's not, like, great in the preseason. But if he's great in the preseason, John – then you know he could be special, man. Curtis yeah. Martin, Marshall Falk, right Marsh- up. That's, that's, the lead. that's the lead, by the way. I can guarantee you that's the lead. That's the Twitter description of this podcast. Christian McCaffrey equals Marshall Falk, says Jeff. Uh- <laughs> <laughs> Love it. <laughs> Love it. All right, so you talked about McCaffrey's receiving skills. And, uh, and Curtis Samuel's there, too, which is going to be – it's going to be interesting because they're going to be moving players – around a lot and you, you you use the word confused defenses and i think that's very appropriate yeah. here because i think they will do you do, does the presence of these two guys does it ding olsen and kelvin benjamin because again no. how they're, no not they're, at all i don't think so i mean it, it could olsen maybe not get a thousand yards receiving for the fourth year in a row which is a record even last year with three in a row um possibly but I still think he's going to be a big part of the offense. So will Benjamin. Benjamin's floor is 60 catches and seven touchdowns. That's his floor. Okay. And Olsen is, is like right there, uh, you know, what, 70, 75 catches. Um, you know, it really depends on the Panthers' offense. And, and, and Cam, is this the 2015 Panthers or is this the 2016 Panthers? I definitely think it's closer to 2015 than 16. And they also have a much easier schedule this year. They do. Now you got me, you know, what you got me looking at, you, you got me excited. I, I, I am excited about the Panthers already. There I think go. they're going to improve. There you go. And I have been, and you're excited me more. And now I'm on, I'm looking on Vegas websites for their over and wins. That's where you got me. It, what is it like? Is it like nine and a half? I don't have nine it here. Let me see. Eight and a half. Let me see. Let me see. Let me see. I'm sure everybody wants to listen to me looking through websites trying to find stuff because it's very it's it's really entertaining. Here, while while you're looking for, let me just tell you what Fozzie Whitaker had to say about Christian McCaffrey. Um, uh, the first time he took he saw him in minicamp, he says, "As soon as he took the field for the first time in minicamp, I knew he was a special player. I've already learned some of the ways he runs routes. Excellent, amazing. I've already taken a couple things from him. I don't." know how he does it it's crazy some of the things he does i feel like there's only a few backs in the league that can run a complex route tree like the one he's doing <laughs> marshall falk Whitaker. marshall falk marshall marshall <laughs> damn falk is what he is John. <laughs> so so alvin kamara is not marshall falk <laughs> but... no no he's not no no he's not um uh, no is curtis samuel draftable at all speaking of the panthers is that reaching oh, yeah. too far I think he is. Absolutely. Because you know what? Was Ted Ginn someone who you could count on in 2015 when he had 10 touchdowns? Yeah. Right. Right. I mean, he was someone, and and he's probably going to looking at that Ted Ginn role. And the way I see Samuel is, um, oh man. Well, I I already told you about how the defenses are just going to be guessing, but the guy's got four, three, one speed. If it wasn't for John Ross and his four, was it four, two, six, four, two, four. Four two two. Whatever, it, was, it was really fast. Four, something like that, right? Um, Samuel would have been the talk of the combine. He would have been the talk of the draft. And who knows? The Panthers may not have gotten him in the second round. Um, but I see him in the Ted Ginn role. I see him as uh, you know, someone who can obviously be a difference maker on offense. If Cam wants to throw the ball deep, guess who's going to be one of them? One of those guys catching it? Either him or Russell Shepard. But I would take Samuel's athletic ability uh, over Shepard. Uh, of course, I like Shepard's experience. But um, Samuel, I mean, his ceiling is Percy Harvin, I think. Right. That's, that's kind of how I look at it, right? So could, could he do that year one? Eh, I don't know. I mean, what if this offense is as good as I'm saying it's going to be, right? Um, and there's, there's room for everybody to uh, make a difference. You know, uh, 28, 30, 35 points a game. 
Um, and their defense is, is strong. We've even talked about their defense. Mm-hmm. Um, and, uh, uh, you know, I mean, Samuel has the opportunity. He's got it. He's got a high pedigree. Uh, he's got wheels, man. He can run. So, and he can catch. He can catch better than Ted Ginn. <laughs> That's what matters. All right, last thing. Speaking of that defense, um, I know we tend to gloss over fantasy defenses and kickers, but, you know, you got to draft one in yeah. a lot of leagues. And the Panthers, Absolutely. big bounce back, I think, this year. I, I think it was so funny seeing some of the national you know, media coverage that would look and they go, Oh, I think the Panthers might draft a cornerback because their past defense is so bad. I'm like, Oh my God, were you even watching last year? I, I know yeah, they struggled. That, that tells me a lot right there. But the corners are good. I, and it's not just because people have been talking about the last couple of weeks. I love Bradbury. Oh my goodness. Oh, yeah. I love him. He's, he's, he's the, uh, he's Josh Norman before Josh Norman was Josh Norman. Right. And, that sense? and he's got a head on his shoulders and he's not someone who's going to fly off the deep end. Right. And, and the other guy, Worley, is, a, is the perfect number two, he looks like. You know, he's, they, they both just got better as the year went on. I know you look at the stats and you say, oh, they were 28th or whatever it was in pass defense. But, you know, Keekly back, um, they just I, – I, I think that defense is going to bring – and I, I think they're going to be more with, – with, with the new defense coordinator, I think they're going to be a little more aggressive. That's what it sounds like anyway. Yep. Um, and it also sounds like Steve Wilkes – is uh you know um he's not he's not settling for second best uh which is really good to hear uh, and uh, uh you know their secondary is improving i think julius peppers is going to make a difference uh, i i don't see him being fantasy relevant really because i kind of see him coming in for a couple downs here and there um but he's going to make some big plays and if he doesn't make some big plays someone's going to have to to uh, block him, which is going to open up, you know, the room for uh, Mario Addison or Charles Johnson or uh, KK. So, you know, there's, there's opportunity there. They've got a good run, run stopping team. Uh, they've got Keekly who can just rifle through the, through the line and, and uh, you know, get that tackle for a loss. Captain America, right? Is Captain America. That's right. That's um, what Cam says. And uh, yeah. Uh, so, I mean, hey, just have you remember all right here look let's 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 play analogy you remember when um seattle beat denver in the super bowl yes and then what happened two years later i know denver won the super bowl right right? yep same thing could happen with carolina absolutely we could see it and what happened They, they improved on defense they improved on offense and you know of course everything kind of bounced the right way um, but they had, uh, they had that, that desire factor of wanting to make a, uh, uh finally make a, a change and, 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 uh, and it worked and it benefited them. And, and uh, we can see the same thing with Carolina. All right. You got me excited. I'm fired up for the Panthers. I'm ready. Yes. Gonna Let's go buy go my game right now. Going to go buy my Christian McCaffrey Jersey. <laughs> as soon as, as soon as we stop recording, yeah. I, I already have one. I would show you right now. If we had a camera, you have one already. Really? I, I do, yeah. I can show, I can send you a picture. That's awesome. You're gonna love, actually. Can I send a picture and can you put it on like uh, associated with this podcast <laughs> with the Marshall Falk quote? Absolutely. <laughs> no, I, I'll, I'll show. I'll send a picture of me wearing the Christian McCaffrey jersey. Yeah, going nuts. That's how about that? Awesome. I would love that. I, I will. I will oh, broadcast yeah. that, and so will Rotowire. We'll send it everywhere. Nice. You'll, you'll buy that for a dollar. Excellent. Everybody, listeners to our podcast can get a free 10-day RotoWire trial at rotowire.com slash pod. No credit card required. That lets you check out nearly all the features on the site. Check it out, rotowire.com slash pod. Jeff, what are, what are you and the rest of the team of football guys up to? I know you're busy. I know you're going to turn out tons of content. <laughs> what specifically should we be looking for in the near future? Oh, wow. I mean, other than everything, everything. Um, literally we're doing everything. Uh, we've got some really good, actually, I'm going to call it great new DFS content. That's coming up on the site this year. Cool. So that's going to be better than ever. Our, my football guys feature, which allows you to customize your, uh, uh, your scoring format with each league that you're in so that you know, uh, you know, like on a, on a weekly basis, which is your best lineup to field. Uh, so that's, that's improved. That's really good. And we kind of like uh, filter right into your league so that we, we know exactly who's available for like free agent pickups. That's a huge piece to that. My football guys piece, um, is, uh, to be able to know on a weekly basis. Okay. 
uh, week two, I need a, a running back. Here's everyone that's on your waiver wire. We're mm-hmm. going to tell you to get this guy all because you customized it. Right. So, um, that's huge. Um, our, our draft dominator is, is, is big. We've got on the desktop, on the laptop, on your mobile phone, on your tablet, on your Apple, on your whatever. Um, and so that's really popular. Everyone's loving that. And, uh, you know, just everything, man. Uh, the guys at football guys are cranking out the articles. We're, we're doing podcasts and, uh, you know, it's real popular to uh, be associated with football guys right now. So, uh, that's what's going on. All right. Hey, thanks for doing this. And thank you for that money quote, the Christian McCaffrey quote. Uh, this is going to, this is going to sell, sell, sell <laughs> this podcast. I got to tell you. <laughs> All right. Sounds good. Man. Bye. Bye. Make it viral. Run uh, CMC. <laughs> Run CMC. Love it. Love, Love it. it. CMC 22. Boy wonder, whatever you want to call him. Um, I am on board. All right, everybody. If you like this podcast, we would appreciate it if you gave us a review and a rating. Um, so uh, that would really be a big help. That's all for this edition of the RotoWire Fantasy Football Podcast, sponsored by Yahoo Fantasy Football. Our next episode is going to be coming on Friday. So please check back then for more great fantasy football information. For Jeff Hasley, I'm John Halpin. Thank you very much for listening. Whether you're a world class athlete or a podcaster like me, we all understand the importance of mental and physical well being and proper recovery for top notch performance. That's why I'm excited that Unified Healing is sponsoring this podcast. Unified Healing is a new and super innovative global network of wellness centers powered by Energy Enhancement System, or EE System. If you haven't heard of the EE System, you'll want to listen up. This technology promotes wellness, deep relaxation, purification, and rejuvenation. At hundreds of locations across the globe, access to a center is easy and affordable. Interested in experiencing the EE system technology for yourself? Go to unifiedhealing.com slash bluewire to learn more and find a center near you. That's unifydhealing.com slash bluewire. No material or testimonials on the Unified Healing website are intended to be viewed as medical advice or a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Always seek the advice of your physician or other qualified healthcare provider with any questions you may have regarding a medical condition or treatment and before undertaking a new healthcare regimen, including EE system.